got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. Hey guys, what's going on? Jeb here and welcome back to Coffee and Crypto. This is your morning show where we go live 10 a.m. Eastern every single weekday to bring you the latest Bitcoin technical on-chain and fundamental analysis. And in today's video, we are going to be discussing where's the bottom for Bitcoin and how do we buy said bottom of the Bitcoin bear market? That's what we're going to be discussing in this episode. How are we going to do that? Well, what we're going to do is we're going to be looking at the charts, not only of Bitcoin, but also of Ethereum, Solana, and eagle you guys have been asking for all of those projects and we're going to be talking about all of them and more in today's episode how do we find the bottom of a bear market and to apply that how do we use our funds wisely so that we're able to properly be ready when that bottom shows up should we be fully dollar cost averaging right now should we be buying lump sums should we be making sure that we hold some cryptocurrency and a cash account on the side we're going to talk about all of that in this episode of coffee and crypto live make sure you tune in Every single morning, I am joined, as always, by T.A. Tam. How you doing, Tam? I'm doing good. I have my uh, caffeine here. Ooh. Is it coffee? Is it something else? The world we'll may never know. know. We'll never right. know. Are we looking at each other right now? Yes. Oh, we, we are? are? We are? Yes. Oh! Whoa! It's you! I know that guy. Well, now you're reaching, like you're reaching into way. his box. Uh, oh, God. Wow, that's your, weird. Your arm got cut off. Gosh, man. Oh, the owl. So. Bro, I need to go to the hospital. Okay, Love well, it. we're also joined as always by Smay. How you doing, bud? Hello, everybody. I'm looking at a curtain. I'm right now. excited to watch the Celtics bounce back tonight, even though stinking like a plague has went through our team. Um, so, anyways, it's going to be great. I'm happy to be here. Uh, back to you, Jeb. Well, guys, like I said, we got a lot to talk about today and not a lot of time to do it. So, we are going to jump right on into it. We're going to start over here on coin market cap and we're going to run down the list and then we've got a couple of other things that we're going to talk about here in our market pulse kicking off the show and then we're going to jump straight into our analysis on Ethereum, Solana, eGold and then in a little bit we will be getting into Bitcoin and our discussion of how to buy the bottom of the Bitcoin bear market alliteration station for the win. Let's go ahead and take a look at Bitcoin down 3.11% over the last 24 hours trading at around $29,000. If we look at the chart here you can see that Bitcoin did indeed fall bearish out of its symmetrical triangle pattern that it set in motion over the last week and change. We did manage to start rallying up to it, and now we're testing that level of support, previous support, as current resistance. We have two lows right here. One of them is just barely a lower low. The point is, Bitcoin is seeing a lot of sideways momentum right now. Is that going to result in a bigger movement to the downside? And how do we buy that movement? That is the topic at hand today. But it's not just Bitcoin that is uh, trading around 29,000. If as you can see, in just the last 20 minutes since I updated CoinMarketCap, it's actually up 0.91% in the last 24 hours. So it's actually switched a little bit. All of CoinMarketCap just updated and went a little bit green. Ethereum down half a percent still, however. Binance Coin up 3%. Very interesting what's happening with Binance. We don't have time to get into it today, but as you guys saw in... Uh, piece of content this week. Binance lost $1.6 billion in their Terra Luna investment. Uh, Chengping Zhao lost $1.6 billion. His $1.6 went all the way to $3,000 in Luna. Got absolutely wrecked. But that hasn't affected the price of uh, Binance Coin too much more than any of the other cryptocurrencies. XRP down almost 1%. Binance USD trading sideways, of course. Cardano sitting at $1.24. Solana down, uh, I'm sorry, down 1.24%. Solana trading sideways as well. We're currently seeing some bounces on some of these cryptos, seeing Polkadot down at $10. Guys, these are juicy prices. You're going to look back in two, three, four, five years, and you're going to say, holy cow, that was a good deal. Let me just give you an example. If I look at Ethereum, Back in uh, uh, back in 2017, when I got into the space, Let, just take a wild guess. Before I get here, just pause the video real quick and type in chat. What do you think Ethereum was trading? Don't look. What do you think Ethereum was trading at the day that I got into crypto, July 31st, 2017? Because this will give you a little bit of context for where things can go in five years in the cryptocurrency space. Pause the video and give me your guess. I'll go ahead and show you right now. Ethereum, July 31st, 2017, the day that I got into the space, was trading. I don't know the exact number. Was trading at 201. It is up 1,000. 
1,000% since then, and its all-time high was 2,500% higher than that. So the point is, when you're looking at something like a $10 dot, or a $50 Solana, or a 53-cent Cardano, or even a $2,000 Ethereum, you're looking at prices that are vastly lower than what you're going to see in five years if these projects so much as survive. So make sure you are following some of the uh, tips and principles that we're going to be discussing here. Not so much about what to buy, but how to set up your portfolio and manage it so that you are able to properly take advantage of all of the gains and opportunities that are going to present themselves over the next couple of months and into next year. So we're about to jump into some liquidation data. One of our commenters asked us to look at uh, gla uh, Glassnode and take a look at, uh, sorry, CoinGlass and Coin take a look Glass, at some yeah. liquidation data over here. We're going to look at that here in just a second. Before we do, though, one word from our sponsor. As you guys know, Coffee and Crypto is brought to you in part by iTrust Capital. If you guys haven't already signed up for iTrust Capital and gotten involved with Bitcoin using your retirement account, you need to do it. You're missing out. If you have a retirement in the cryptocurrency space, or even if you haven't made a retirement account, first of all, it's a good idea to have an IRA of some kind, either a Roth or a traditional IRA, some form of retirement account, because it helps to protect you from taxes and uh, allows you to shield yourself from those taxes, especially capital gains taxes, so that you're able to defer those into the future or go ahead and pay the tax now and then not have to worry as much about the capital gains. It's very important that you are utilizing tax structures because what people don't realize is the biggest expense of any business, of any individual, and certainly of any investment portfolio, if you don't manage those taxes correctly, are taxes. Your capital gains taxes in the United States can be anywhere between 10 and 20%. Your income tax, depending on how much money you make, could be upwards of 40 to 50%, depending on where you live, your state and local income taxes, if you live in the United States, and your tax bracket. You want to be making the most of your money and not losing most of it to Uncle Sam, because while Uncle Sam does know how to waste money better than you do, the idea is to not waste the money in the first place and to hold on to it. So if you're trading crypto and you have a long-term investment portfolio, it's a great idea to slide some of it on over into iTrust Capital. You'll get a $100 funding reward if you use the link down below. Tim, aren't you using iTrust Capital? I am. I actually just made an account. I'm actually getting signed and up I, here in a minute. You know, there's, there's what I'm going to do is sign Taylor up as well because you get, you know, you'd only put in so much, just like a regular Roth IRA, you can only put in so much per year. So, you know, but you can have multiple accounts, not for individuals, but like you and your spouse uh, can have multiple accounts. So you just start putting it in there. The other really cool thing thing I love about it is the transaction fee is 1%. Coinbase, I think, is sitting at like 1.5, 1.7, something like that in that region. The other good thing is if I were to transact and to, you know, more long-term trade on Coinbase, I not only have to pay the, the the fee, I also have to pay the capital gains on it as well versus obviously if they're sitting there in a Roth IRA, you can move it around, buy the bottoms, sell the tops, continue to accumulate more Bitcoin while staying tax-free. That's That was the big selling point for me because I'm like, holy crap. That's Huge. That's going to be really massive for me to be able to accumulate more and more and more and more and then not have to worry about those taxes. And what's also really cool, if you ever have to withdraw it, is a 10% penalty. Yes, 10% penalty, but no taxes because you're pulling from Roth IRA. So it's like, well, okay, should I take long-term capital gains for 15% or pay a 10% penalty? Mm, I'll choose 10% penalty. Yeah, and if you wait until you're 59 and a half, you don't have to pay it anyway. You don't have to pay anything, so yeah. So I forgot something. By the way, it's not Smay's fault. It is my fault because I never threw it to him. Smay, can you read us some green names? Yes, please? I'd like to read some green names. I was chopping at the bit. He frantically texted me like, Sam, you forgot to throw it to me for green names. But now here we are. But now here we are. All right, so I'm going to read some green names. And in fact, because we earned that I'm going to just read them normally. You thought I was going to say sing them, but I'm Aww. not. Uh, Matt C, Silva Dalla, Mario Dohinovich, uh, Sultan of Salt, Silva Dalla, and I, you know, I hesitated to even read his name because he says the Heat are going to win this series, and I hmm. do not think they will. Uh, Matt C, Sivango uh, 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 Lay, Grand Riffing Incorporated, Bobo the Crypto Hobo, Dennis Pizarka, uh, oh my gosh, all these people groovy? <laughs> I love all of groovy. these people. This is great. We got some uh, pretty groovy green names Back down to there. you. Uh, uh, oh, you know what? Taylor, uh, I'm going to shout out. This is a one non-green name, but I'm going to give it to him. Tyler Maine. Word I got up, you. May. I'm not all right. Back to you, Jeb. All you got to do is smooth. You just got to smooth smay. You got smoothed. That's how it works. You got to get, get wine you got wine and dined. That's what happened there. Any guys. Any, any guys. Yeah, any guys. Any guys. Anyway, guys, we're going to go ahead and jump on into some Bitcoin liquidation data, and then we're going to jump into Ethereum, and we'll come back to talk about Bitcoin when we discuss how to buy the bottom of a Bitcoin bear market. That's a, that's, that's a bit of a tongue twister. Like, Peter Parker picked a peck of pickle peppers, and Peter Parker picked a peck of pickle peppers. How many pickle peppers did Peter Parker pick? I don't know. That's what we're going to talk about later. But anywho, if we look at the liquidation data on 
Bitcoin. You can see ever since we started dropping below $40,000, this green bar, I just pointed out with my finger as if you could see that, this green bar right here has represented a massive, massive, massive amount of long liquidation. So what does that mean? When you go long, basically you're buying the market, hoping that it'll go to the upside and then you will sell the top. When you go short, you're selling right now with somebody else's money, hoping that it will go down. You can buy back in using their money and then you can pocket the difference. So shorting is betting that the market's going to go down. Longing is betting the market's going to go up. Whenever the market goes too far to the downside, longs get liquidated because people cash out of those longs realizing they're not going to make any money. Shorts, whenever the market goes up too much, the shorts get liquidated and get cashed out because people realize they're not going to make any money from there. So when you see massive amounts of longs getting liquidated, oftentimes what that means is that the people closing those longs, well, they bought. What do they have to do next? They have to sell. So when you see a lot of longs being liquidated or cashed out, as we can see here, this is actually just liquidation day. Data, what you're going to see is that people are cashing out a lot of money. That's very important because it basically tells us that one, people are getting wrecked and two, there's a lot of selling pressure on the market. Notice there was a pretty stable amount of green bars here uh, ever since February going all the way up until where we are now. But if you look at ever since this drop from, uh, from I almost said 40 million, from 40,000, on Bitcoin, it'll be worth $40 million one day. Mark my words, it'll be probably 50 years from now, but it will be there. We're going to see that happen. But we have seen massive amounts of long liquidations. We saw 340 million there, 127, 140, 215, 800 million. We're seeing almost a billion dollars in longs getting liquidated on the daily. That is a huge, huge deal. Short liquidation has dried up, especially if we look at the last five days or so. Short liquidation has massively dried up, but there's still quite a bit of longs being liquidated. Just yesterday uh, on the 17th, I mean, two days ago on the 17th, we saw $188 million worth of longs get liquidated. That is a big deal. And that means that one, as I said earlier, there's a lot of selling pressure. And two, it means that a lot of people are getting wrecked with a capital R. Tim, what do you make of this liquidation data? Is there any other take that you would, well, take from it? Well, no, I, I think that liquidation came from, and you can go ahead and go to my uh, charts, man. You know, right here, this was something that we had talked about yesterday. A lot of lines going on right here. Right now, pay attention to this green line and the one I'm about to draw right here. Let's start, right, let's go to this top right here. Uh, you know, there's a lot of speculation that potentially we were sitting in a ascending try. you know, ascending wet. Yeah, sending wedge. Uh, let's see. There's also how would I how was I doing this? Uh, man, I don't know. I have to I have to get back to you guys on that one. I, there was also kind of forming a oh that's what it was. If I come down here, there was if you come down to these candle bodies, we were kind of working on a rising wedge right there, and and we should have gone a little higher. I think a lot of people thought we were going to go higher. We even bounced off the support. I think a lot of people still thought we were going to go higher. I guarantee you those liquidations came right here around nine o'clock yesterday where we actually dropped below and people weren't ready for it. They got they got liquidated out and now we're coming down. Now what I would love to know is how many people are being liquidated, how many shorts are being liquidated as we start to climb. And we'll get to that line that I have right there, that red one here in just a second when Jeb throws it back to me. That's my take the one about liquidations though, is that I think a lot of people were anticipating at least one, I was one of them, I didn't get liquidated, but I was one of the ones anticipating that climb at least one more time, but we didn't get it. Yeah, and I think that's gonna be one of the things that signals the bottom is when you start seeing massive amounts of short liquidation. Somebody just said in chat, uh, let me see if I can quote them here. Actually, no, I take that back. I don't think anybody said that in chat. Anywho, what I was getting at is that one of the things that will give you an, an idea of where the bottom is, is when you see large amounts of shorts getting liquidated. Now, you might see a lot of longs getting liquidated at the same time, but if you see a lot of uh, shorts getting liquidated, oftentimes that will mean that you're on the first leg up of a big rally. Why would that happen? Well, people are betting the market is still in a downtrend, and then the market starts moving up. They get liquidated, drive the price higher, more people get short liquidated, and then you have a domino cascading chain reaction and the market moves to the upside. So that's something we'll talk about a little bit later. We're going to jump back into Bitcoin after the half of the hour mark, and then we're going to talk about how to find the bottom of a Bitcoin bear market. But first, we're going to discuss some altcoins. We've been wanting to do more altcoin analysis on uh, the morning show here, and that's what we're going to do. want to take a look here at Ethereum. Got a, quite a bit of things to show you. The first thing I want to show you is out on the weekly chart. We're going to get some long-term perspective. First and foremost, something that jumps out at you here, and this is not very encouraging for the Ethereum holder, is that we're currently looking at a head and shoulders pattern forming on ETH. Now, this head and shoulders pattern not only will not but cannot go to its price target because its price target if we're here on the automatic chart, would actually be negative $1,200. It's not the oil market. <clears throat> yeah, I went there. It's not going to go negative, but what will maybe happen 
is we could see another drop lower on ETH. The thing about Ethereum, however, is that it's actually already dropped down to a previous local low sitting here at 1600 but it hasn't dropped below it as we've seen on bitcoin bitcoin we saw drop below its previous local low but it's pretty much just sitting on it eth is doing more or less the same thing but it's a lot higher notice how the bottom of the candlesticks it uh is um if we were to measure down here about you know we'd have to drop another 12 percent or so to get to these previous lows that we set in july on bitcoin however we can see i'll go to a cleaner chart on bitcoin you can see we're sitting right on it so that's very interesting but if we look at ethereum here it's not just that level that we could go to there's also a level here at $1,400 that could potentially be our absolute low on ETH now so I'm not saying that the inverse head and shoulders pattern would drive us super low but it could cause us to break below this support level at $1,700 and if we saw Bitcoin break below its support levels around uh, around $30,000 again we'd likely see the same on ETH and we could drop another 15 to 20 percent down over the next couple of months down to $1,400 following that head and shoulders pattern but luckily there are some very bullish things going on on the market right now so long as we do maintain a higher low as you can see the low back here in July $1,700 we actually bottomed out here again on the wick but if you look at the candle bodies we actually have higher lows only barely but they are there that means means that our bullish RSI divergence that we've been showing and setting up on ETH for a multitude of months is still in play. We have a very strong downtrending level of support here on RSI, basically a flat level of support on the weekly chart for the price action. That means that we are looking at bullish RSI divergence. But even if we do break down just a little bit below our previous lows over here, it still shows that the RSI is reset, even disregarding the idea of bullish RSI divergence for a minute. Notice we're sitting at the same levels that we were back here around, uh, uh, around June, uh, around July, but this time we're sitting at 35 on RSI, whereas back in July we were sitting at 50 or 60. What that means is that the RSI is resetting and that we're starting to build confidence in the support zone on Ethereum between $1,400 to $2,000 very 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 important so that's that's what the weekly chart looks like for you folks we are looking at ethereum setting up much stronger support in this region than we had done previously and even if you look at the vpvr you can see that there is quite a bit of support being built all through this zone right now so when we do go into a major uptrend you can bet your dollar or your ethereum or your bitcoin that we will probably have a strong foundation sitting between two and five thousand dollars jumping down to the daily chart however we can also see that the short term doesn't look quite as good. One thing that is bullish is that we're looking at a potential bullish MACD cross in the next few days. That would be the first MACD cross bullish since March of this year. And that MACD cross did lead to an uptrend, as you can see right here. This bearish MACD cross led to a downtrend. So hopefully we see a bullish up uh, MACD cross. But before that even happens, if we look down here on the four hourly chart, this pullback and then dead cat bounce could lead us even lower. And to be honest with you, we could see that $1,400 Ethereum come a lot sooner than we expected just because of this dead cap bounce and because of the price target on it which we can see right here would push us down right to around 13 1400 that by the way as i showed you earlier is 2017's ethereum all-time high we want bitcoin to go to its previous all-time high or we think it will anyway so it would make sense and it would stand to reason that ethereum would do exactly the same thing it would be roughly the same percentage uh pullback now one thing I also want to show you on the daily chart is that we are still under a strong Lux Algo bearish signal. That's very important because Lux Algo does not play around whenever it is in a confirmed trend. It is normally very, very, very accurate. Just doing some historical analysis on Lux Algo. I'll go ahead and take off the reversal zones. I'm going to show those here in a second. Just looking at the buy sell signals here, Lux Algo. I will show you the confirmed signals. These are the confirmed signals, and I'll explain why the others are not confirmed. I'll put X's over the non-confirmed signals. I'll show you again in a second why some of these are confirmed and some of them are not. This is the last year on Luxalgo. And uh, if we look here, every single signal has been valid and vindicated. So let's just run through these signals here so that you see why Luxalgo is so powerful. Uh, our methodology for looking at Luxalgo is that you look for the sell signal and then you look for this line right here, which is called the trend catcher, to be the same color to confirm it. It's very rare that you find an indicator or it's very rare you have an opportunity to use an indicator where you only use one part of it. You want to make sure you're using all of it and seeing if it's in confluence. So what we're seeing right now 
over the last year is that whenever there's a sell signal followed by trend catcher turning in the same direction as you can see right here then the market did actually follow through on that bottom moving from sell signal to buy signal you can see this sell signal led to an eight percent drop that was a powerful signal this signal rallied all the way up to this sell signal this strong buy signal sent us 128 percent to the upside these are not confirmed as you can see because this strong sell signal never had red trend catcher to confirm it so that rules out this strong buy signal because we were actually always under that buy signal in the first place so these two don't count so you can safely ignore those this sell signal led to an eight percent drop this strong buy signal led to 120 percent movement to the upside this sell signal led to 45% to the downside buy signal I'm just gonna run through this quickly here and you can stop and pause and look at the at the confirmations here this led to a 38% movement to the upside this sell signal led to a let's take a look here 3% movement to the downside mostly traded sideways if you included other TA in that it would have done a little bit better though you would have been able to call that bottom a lot easier this strong buy signal 33% to the upside I promise I'm almost done here just want to show you the historical analysis this strong uh, sell signal down 40% we have a perfect perfect track record so far in the last year this to the 16% uh, to the upside this was 6% uh, to the downside over here we saw 14% to the upside and this sell signal we saw currently 40% to the downside so that means over the last year Lux Algo on the daily chart has a 100% perfect accuracy for calling uptrends and downtrends. The sell signals have been pretty powerful. The buy signals have been even more powerful. Why is all that important? Number one, you need to understand your indicators. Number two, if we do see the market move to the upside, get above the trend catcher right here, probably get up to around $22 to $2,400, then you may see a strong buy signal on Lux Algo, and you will be able to hopefully make a profit off of that signal. If you don't have Lux Algo, you're missing out. You need it. It's a very important part of your technical analysis toolkit. If you're trying to figure out what direction the market is moving, that's called a trend. Defining trends is literally in the definition of technical analysis. You need LuxAlgo. Sign up for it. Links in the description box down below. I've been using it for a year. It gives me extremely accurate signals when you know how to use it. I'm talking about like an 80% to 90% hit rate. In this case, we're talking a literally 100% accuracy rate in the last year. Tim, do you have any final thoughts on Ethereum before we move on to Solana and eGold? Yeah, I mean, the, kind of what you were just talking about there. I, I think that so there's something interesting happening on the charts right now when I'm looking at the smaller time frames. And what Jeb was just talking about, Lux, I'll go, by the way, you guys, it is phenomenal. He doesn't even show you one of the features. He didn't have it up there. But as much as those buy and sell signals are great, I love seeing them. You know, we just had we had one just literally, oh, it's fluctuating back and forth right now, happening right here on the hourly chart on Ethereum. But I love these bands as well, the reversal zones and the trend catcher. I think you saw that you had the trend catcher up, right? Uh, trend catcher, I have, yes, I have trend Either catcher. Either way, uh, the, when I'm doing, because I've been doing some scout trading here the last about six days now, and Ethereum, sorry, not Ethereum, Lux Algo being utilized, and these reversal zones have been absolutely phenomenal. Look at how deep we got into reversal zone right there here on the hourly chart. So I knew, hey, there was a relative bottom. I wanted to wait for confirmation. I like seeing this dip over here. I was using a different chart. I wasn't using Ethereum. I was actually trading with Cardano, but the charts are so similar. You know, I guarantee if I went over there, it looks the same. Right now, I think we got a little bit of room for the upside for Ethereum. As you guys can see right here, we have a resistance zone starting back here, May 17th, which was what, two days ago? ago because it's 19th yeah. at 9 a.m. We kind of match that one right there to 17th. So we have a trend right now. And we also see that trend catch on Lux Algo. We definitely could rally all the way up to 2000 before I think that we have some resistance that you potentially need to look at if you were trading to take some profit there. I even maybe would even you know get some wiggle room just in case we fall short of that number. But right now with Ethereum on the shorter time frame, we got some bullish short-term price action going to happen. The question is how long will it sustain it? You're going to see on almost all the coins, but that's my thought on Ethereum. We can go ahead and move on to a different project. Boom. All right, guys. Well, we're going to go ahead and move through Solana and Eagle pretty quickly here because we went long on ETH. Let's take a look at Solana. Lana is currently sitting at $52 and change. One of the things I want to point out on Solana is this longer term uptrend, as you can see right here. This is using highs that were set in August of 20, lows that were set here in March of 21, lows set here in July of 21. We broke through it recently, but if we do manage to get back up above that at some point in the future, up into the $100 to $200 territory, it's probably going to serve as resistance. Hopefully that will be helpful for the market. You could even move it up here a little bit and then it makes sense why we broke it to the downside so hard. But if you look at some of the things like VPVR on Solana, 
you're going to see there's actually a VPVR, not maximum, but almost a maximum sitting here at $45, which means there's, there's actually very strong support right now on Solana. And it makes sense that there would be strong support on Solana because this project is down 80% from all time high in the last 200 days. It does make sense that it would be going through some kind of bounce and bottoming. But if we do need to move to the downside even farther, we could drop all the way down here to $23. That would be our next major level of support. We're currently under a sell signal on Solana, as you can see right here. I don't have time to do uh, historical analysis on Solana, but these last five signals have all been perfect signals. This strong sell signal, buy signal, sell signal, buy signal, sell signal. Make sure you get Lux Algo, guys. I'm telling you, you don't want to miss out on this. Yeah. These are very, very powerful signals, and you will make your money back so quick. It's not even funny if you're trading or investing in this market. Sign up today. The link's in the description. You can get 20% off with coupon code JEB, by the way. But the reason I'm showing you Lux Algo here is because we actually have Trend Catcher Green. If this market continues to move to the upside and we see a buy, sell, uh, buy signal, which would probably happen around 60 to $65. That could mean that Solana's off to the races, but be careful with that because Solana is following the rest of the cryptocurrency market right now. It would be difficult for it to go off on its own and do that. Now, one thing I can mention is that it looks like we're under a dead cat bounce in the same way the rest of the crypto markets are, but we did have a nine flash here on TD Sequential, which oftentimes indicates some kind of major bottom. In this case, it didn't because all of crypto was crashing, but in this case, it does. Um, it is a, a very good thing. We also went all the way down to 21 on RSI and we could be seeing a MACD cross bullish here in the next couple of days. So keep an eye on Solana. Could be an opportunity. I would say it's probably in a bear flag on its mm. way lower or sideways, however, just because of its convergence with the rest of the market. Run through eGold real quick and then we're going to jump into some super chats. eGold is sitting in a very similar position as Solana. We don't have to spend much time on it because as I said, it looks very, very similar to Solana. Even the last five signals, just like Solana on Luxalgo, have all been virtually perfect. Sell signal, buy signal, sell signal, buy signal, sell signal. You can take a look at the trend catcher here. It confirmed all five of these signals. Green, red, green, red, red. All of those sell signals and buy signals have been very, very profitable. The least profitable of all of them would have been this buy signal, and you would have made 17% on the daily chart for eGold. So make sure you sign up for that. You can see that there is trend catcher green down here on the daily chart. That's pretty cool. But same thing with Solana. It's in a dead cap bounce right now. It's in a bear flag. That bear flag is probably going to push it farther to the downside. Taking a look at the longer term perspectives, where would we go if we had that longer term downtrend that continued probably down here to previous local lows set in June of 2021 around $60. So just like I'm saying with Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana, and everything else, we're probably about to see another drop on major cryptocurrencies. And we're probably going to see a drop of between 10 to 30%, depending on what project you're looking at. With that said, though, Let's go ahead and jump into Super Chats. I went a minute over, but that's okay. I think we got everything in that we needed to talk about. As yeah. I said, sign up for Lux Algo. Use coupon code JEB, J-E-B-B, for 20% off at checkout. Get it with the link below today. Do it right now. You can even pause the stream if you want to. You're missing out by not having it. Yeah, we have a couple Super Full Chats stream. here. Uh, Vinny Fry said, chose you guys over Hoskinson Live. Tough choice. Was Hoskinson Live this morning? Hoskinson was live? I didn't know I, that. I don't, sometimes those, like, bot channels pop up and they're like, oh, Charles Hoskinson is interviewing and it's it's not real. So I don't know if that's an accurate one or if that was a a fake account just trying to catch some views. No, he was actually uh, there. He was, was actually live. Yeah. Okay. Gifts Obsidian and back in the office. I'm we had an interview with Hoskinson a few months ago. Make sure you go back and watch that. It was it was I think it was one of his best interviews he's ever done, personally. We got a got a good one here for Smay. Got a, Tom Wilkes said, I got to step up my Smay smoozing, <laughs> as he will mention my name too, I guess. Much love to the team as always. Going out of town for a golf tournament this weekend Whoa. in the morning, so keep crypto going while I'm gone. Um, can I, I would like to say something. If you would like anybody, any member on tomorrow's stream that uh, puts Go Celtics in the chat, I will shout out. Oh my gosh. And I was going to say, especially, uh, I, anyways, I'll do something special for a, a Go Celtic Super Chat, too. I won't mm. say what it is. Wow. That's okay. big stuff. DSP yeah. said, other than a quick wick in March of 2020, the 50 EMA on the monthly has never been breached. Do you guys find that significant when looking for a potential bottom? Let me go ahead and take a look at that. I think we can go ahead and squeeze that in here. 50 EMA, not the 2050 EMA, not the 2050, 50 EMA, the 50 EMA. Let's take a look at that on the monthly chart. Never been breached. You would be right. This market, this, uh, well, actually, it has been breached. I hate to break it to you, but back here in December of 2018, we did drop below it a little bit, but not really all that much. The 50 EMA is looking on the monthly chart is looking very similar to the 200 uh, EMA on the weekly chart, which makes a lot of sense if you think about it, because a month is four times as long as a week and a week is 
you know, four times less than a month. So if we look at that chart compared to the week, the, the weekly chart, then you're getting basically the exact same chart here. We've actually talked about this moving average a lot on the stream. The point here being that we might drop below it a little bit in the same way we did in 2018. We saw 25% drop below it here in January of 19. We dropped below 25% here in 2020. If we saw something similar here, 25% drop, that would put us in that 20 to $22,000 range that we've been calling since we broke 30 for the first time a couple of weeks ago. So that's my take on that. Mm. Full screen. All right, let's get another one in here. We got one from Crit Cats. Uh, thoughts on Kadena, multi-chain POW, proof of work. Honestly, sounds like a Bitcoin with a smart contract. Very interesting. Yeah, Kadena is an interesting project. Problem with Kadena is that I think it's good. I'm just going to hot take here. A lot of people aren't going to like this. I think it's going to be one of those projects that dies during the bear market, as many of them are. It's currently sitting at rank 92. If you look at its all-time high, it rallied all the way up to, and it was never deserving of this price, up to $25. It's currently sitting at $2.50. It's down 90%. The thing about Kadena and I'm going to, you know, I, I confess it. I don't know everything about Kadena. I am not an expert in it. I don't see why you would use Kadena instead of using Bitcoin and Ethereum and splitting up your, your, your functionality. Mm. I think that both of them do a better job than Kadena does it either. That's my personal opinion. So I'm not invested in KDA. And I think we have one more Corey. here from Corey, and then we can transition. Corey said, I feel like I'm hearing extra FUD around ETH. Could be just me, or is it justified? Very curious on what L1s to DCA into over the bear market. As much as I think Cardano is a better project than Ethereum, I got to give it to Ethereum. It has vastly more adoption, and it is a vastly larger and more valuable network right now than Cardano. So I would start with a large portion of that DCA, and we're going to talk about DCAing, dollar cost averaging, here in a minute. I would start with most of it into Ethereum, but then maybe a little bit, not much, maybe a little bit into Cardano. I think that what you're looking at in the crypto space right now is you have three tiers of layer ones. You have Ethereum being the only one in the top tier. You have Cardano and maybe Polkadot competing for the second tier. And then you have everything else, Solana, Avalanche, Tron, etc. in the third tier. That's how I would rank that in a tier list, um, ABC tier, if you will. I want Cardano to be in the A tier, but it just doesn't have, you know, it doesn't have a quarter billion, a quarter trillion dollar market cap. It's sitting at 17 right now. So I love Cardano, but I just can't, I can't put it there, even though I think is a better platform. So I would focus mainly on ETH and then some on Cardano, but mainly, I do mean mainly, I'm talking like 70, 80% of that into Ethereum because a lot of projects are going to die during this bear market. They're yeah. going to starve during the winter. Full screen. Good deal. Well, I think we ran through all of our uh, Super Chats, so we yeah. will be answering more of them at the end of the show, but we're going to go ahead and jump into our next segment. Before we do, I want to bring you a word from our sponsor, Link2. Guys, if you're not familiar with Link2, you absolutely need to be. We'd like to give a shout out to them. They are Link2.com, L-I-N-Q-T-O.com. They offer the average investor access to the world's top unicorns, as in private companies with over a billion dollars in valuation. Traditionally, only 2% of the world's accredited investors have ever had access to these private markets because you have to be, as I said, an accredited investor to access these private markets. I believe you have to have a net worth of over a million dollars to be an accredited investor and you have to go through an SEC approval process. What Link2 does is they democratize private investment by offering private shares of companies like Ripple, Uphold, Dapper Labs, BitPay, and BlockFi for a minimum as low as $10,000, yeah. giving pending recessions, inflation, the volatility of public equities markets, the complete and total collapse of Terra Luna. Many investors are exploring these private markets because they want to make the most of their investment in the cryptocurrency space by not only investing in the cryptos themselves, but also in the companies that are perpetuating the cryptocurrency adoption, such as some exits that they've had like Coinbase, Robinhood, SoFi, Marketa, and Novium. On a credibility note, they're verified in over 100 countries, compliant, and have over $120 million in investments on the platform. You can go to link2.com to automate the SEC's process to become an accredited investor today and then access pre-IPO investments so that you can make the most when they do go IPO. Because I'm telling you what, when a private company, especially a private cryptocurrency company, goes public, you are going to see a massive return on that investment if the company really does deserve to be on the public markets. And if you get in pre-IPO, you're going to be making a lot of gains that everybody else isn't able to because you got in before it went public. Link2.com, a lot of people don't think about investing in private companies before they go public, but it is a very good idea if you find the right company. So make sure to check them out. Link2.com, linked in the description box down below. But... Let's go ahead and jump into our discussion segment. We're going to start off with some Bitcoin technical analysis. Tim, I've been doing a lot of the TA here. Why don't you take some weight off my shoulders, my friend? Can you do some of the Bitcoin TA for us? Yeah, well, you know, what do you want me to go? Because I've been doing way more stuff on shorter time frames. You want me to start on the shorter time frames and then go you're going to talk a little bit more? We, All right. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, so, you know, 
right here, I, I actually put a tweet out. I've been trading using Cardano used for the volatility. You know, obviously you're going to get greater both dips and gains in smaller altcoins than you are in Bitcoin. However, the chart has been very reliable on Bitcoin to kind of give us some trend reversals and what's happening here. So this is what we're looking at right now and, and what you should be looking at with significance. I do believe we're actually, you know, even though Bitcoin is rallying and it's getting close to this yellow line, I'm gonna explain that here in a second. This increased volume right here that I'm seeing is letting me know those of you who are in trades, it's probably getting time to go ahead and exit those trades if you entered them. Again, you probably should have entered right here around uh, 12, 15. This is a 15 minute chart I'm looking at, by the way. Uh, looking at this spike in volume, this was a great indication of one, that there was a lot of demand in the market, that there was a lot of trades going on and was a great indication that we were coming close to a bottom. Now, of course, we went a little bit lower and I'm sure a lot of people fought it out, but knowing that this volume was high, knowing that we had a trend kind of started right here, we should have been able to know, all right, this was a great place to buy if we hadn't bought over here. But now we're moving up into what we were kind of working on was a broad broadening wedge. Now, it'd be interesting if we could break through here, but there's just no guarantee, especially with that RSI being high. Let me even go to the hourly chart and see where we're going. You know, there's decent chance we could break through here. The RSI is kind of breaking a trend where we were kind of in a downtrend with the RSI. We are now going up. So this is going to be a really interesting place to watch. You might want to take profit here just, just in case and then wait to see if this continues to rally and pops up. I've seen some people saying, oh, man, are we going to reverse this? This happens from time to time where we break down out of a symmetrical triangle pattern. There's a green line going up, yellow line going down, and we then break back up into it. I don't know if that is happening. I definitely think this potentially is more of a uh, bull fake out. Uh, but what you could see right now is we are sitting at a crucial level of resistance in a like broadening wedge right here. Uh, there is a chance again that we do break through it, but I am not ready to put my money on that yet. I would be taking profits in a Bitcoin trade. And therefore, again, with a lot of these altcoins following Bitcoin, if you're trading some smaller altcoins, this is kind of the indication we're looking at on the Bitcoin chart that the market might be ready to dip. But there's a lot in play here. Some bullish factors. Again, RSI, our MACD is still growing growing there. But again, these are lagging indicators that aren't going to tell you to after we've hit the top that the top is in. So make sure you protect yourself on that. As far as Bitcoin, though, longer time frame, if I go out to my four hourly chart, I, I told you guys yesterday, I went back and compared what Bitcoin looks like uh, this time compared to what we just saw last year in uh, let's see, May of 2021. There are so many similarities. Now, we're bouncing a little sooner than we did last May. However, if 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 I'm not wrong, I would be very surprised. You guys are looking at it right now. We're sitting at that 24 hourly SMA. We potentially could dip and find ourselves back down towards 27,000 here within the next couple of days, which then what we might see is a good buy spot down here in this broadening wedge before we rally back up. Here's the thing, guys. You need to prepare yourself. We are probably setting in for one of those sideways, up and down volatile markets between 25,000 and 30,000, maybe a couple wicks and things up to 32 miracle happens maybe up all the way to 34 I don't think that's likely though. I do anticipate there's almost gonna be this range happening somewhere in this region uh, of these levels where we are going to literally trade just back and forth, back and forth. This won't be a perfect science, but back and forth and back and forth. And people are gonna be flooded out and FOMO'd in at the right and wrong times. So you just need to make sure to go ahead and protect yourself from that by being wise with all of your trading. If you're a hodler or a DCAer, just keep doing your thing. Uh, but if you wanna hold out because you like to DCA on bottoms, I do. Do not think this is the time. I think this is a stop, wait, let's see what happens kind of moment. I think you're absolutely right. I think you nailed it, nailed it on the head right there for Bitcoin. I do think that we're probably going to see that twenty dollars to $22,000 correction, and we're going to see that happen, in my opinion, for a couple of reasons. I'll show you why, and then we're going to discuss how to determine the bottom of a bear market trying to hold back a sneeze real quick. I'm sorry. What we're looking at right now on the weekly chart for Bitcoin is a big bear flag that we saw take place um, back in the beginning half of this year. If we look at the price target on that, it is pointing down to $23,000. If we look at the 200 weekly exponential moving average, that gives us a price target of 27, but doing historical back analysis on that, you see we normally drop 25% below it. 25% below that would be at that 20K level that I'm talking about. If we delete the EMA and look at an SMA, a moving average, a normal moving average, then the normal moving average is going to show us a 200 moving average on the weekly, is going to show us very similar. It's going to show us that 
we should be expecting the market to pull back down to exactly the level, not much below it. That would give us a price target of 22K. If we look at the bear flag that we are under right now, uh, just in the last few days, and we look at its price target, that price target being drawn from right here, that gives us a price target of 21,000. So everything that I'm seeing, oh, and also if we look at the RSI uh, on the weekly, then the RSI is sitting here at 33. If we go back down to, uh, down to $20,000, we would see the RSI reset down to uh, 30, the same way we do at the bottom of bear markets. We saw it happen back over here. We dropped down to 30. That's behind my screen right here in 2015. We dropped down to 30. Right here at the bottom of this bear market, we dropped down to 30. Right here in this pullback on the uh, the pandemic drop, we dropped down to 30. If we drop down to 30 again, that would require the price to go down to, th to $20,000. We also see uh, quite a lot of other factors, such as the fact that we are still not all the way down to a nine flash on the weekly chart TD sequential. Uh, a lot of times during the bear market, you will see that we go all the way down to that. Not all the time, but you know sometimes that will take place. We saw it happen right back over here. That was a nine flash right there indicating that the bottom was in. So there's a lot in my opinion that's calling for a twenty to $22,000 Bitcoin, and I think that would be a good thing. But how would we make the most of that? That's where we want to take our discussion. How do we determine the bottom of the Bitcoin bear market? And how do we actually apply that bottom so that we can make sure that we are making the most of that bottom? Well, one of the big things that you need to take into account is that you can't really time it. Mm. We don't know when we're going to hit twenty dollars to $22,000. And frankly, I could be totally wrong on that price prediction in and of itself. I think what we need to remember here is that technical analysis is not a science. It is an art. So it is something that's going to give you a lot of insight on where Bitcoin is and where Bitcoin's going. And same thing for other markets. But it's not a science. It is, a, it is more like... If it was like a science, it'd be more like a social science. It's, it's a science that there are knowns and there are factors and there are laws and processes, but for the most part, it is up to the whims of humans. So how do we define technical analysis? Well, we talk about in Club DeFi, technical analysis is the art, not the science of, def of, de of defining trends so that we may understand where the markets are going, so that we may understand how the traders are thinking, so that we may understand how they will trade and, and impact the market. The point is we need to understand what the traders are thinking so we know how they will change the trend direction so we can make a trade on the trend and then we will see it show up in the price. That None of that says that that's a perfect science. The fact that humans are involved and the fact that uh, it is such a hyper-complex market is, basically means that we don't know for sure what's going to happen. We never can. In the same way, you look at a hurricane coming. We're in Florida, so we're very familiar with spaghetti models, if any of you know what I'm, what I'm talking about. A spaghetti model, it shows like 25 different routes that the hurricane can take. And normally the hurricane will follow it uh, pretty, pretty much along somewhere in that range. If you ever look at a hurricane cone, what that's doing is it's taking the extreme spaghetti models on either direction and saying it could go somewhere in this range. And it gets broader as it goes out because your certainty gets lower as you go further in time and in space. Same thing with Bitcoin. We have a range of where it could go, but we can't be certain. So first and foremost, you can't time the market and you can't be perfectly sure of the market. That's a founding principle that you need to know in crypto. And it applies to how we make the most of this bottom. Number two, you can identify the end once you're getting higher highs and higher lows on the daily chart. What do I mean? Well, you can identify where the bottom was in hindsight. So with the benefit of hindsight, I can tell you that the all-time high took place. Let's go on the four-hourly chart just to be, you know, really, just to make a, just to make a point of it. Let's go back to the all-time high in 2017. I can tell you with the benefit of hindsight that all-time high for Bitcoin happened at, 20, happened at let's see here, $19,887.30 at 7 a.m. on the 17th of December, 2017. I can tell you that with the benefit of hindsight, but I lived through it, and we didn't know if this was the all-time high or this was the all-time high or this was the all-time high or if the all-time high was going to be a month later at 25K. We didn't know that at the time. So we can't time the tops and bottoms perfectly, but we can get an idea. We can do historical analysis and say, as I said earlier, that every time we bottom out a bear market, we see a 30 on the RSI. Every time we bottom out a bear market, we drop down to the 200 weekly exponential, 200 weekly simple moving average. Every time we bottom out a bear market, we go to the fear and greed uh, index on Bitcoin and we look at the fact that every time we bottom out, uh, not just a bear market, but in general, we typically see the market go down to 10. As you can see here in March of last year or of 2020, we saw the market drop down to eight and nine. That was a major bottom. That corresponds, just so you know, to this bottom right here. So we can look at things like the fear and greed index, and we can look for things that tell us where the bottom is or if we're close. So you can't properly identify it perfectly, but you can get a strong idea. Both of those are important. It's a balancing act. You cannot always know for sure, but you can know for probable.
you can know for probably, let's put it that way. So if you look at your reversal patterns, you look at all of these different things, you look at RSI, MACD, Bollinger Bands, you look at reversal zones on trend on Luxalgo, you look at Luxalgo itself for when the trend restarts, you look at uh, Brave New Coin Liquid Index as far as the last 11 years of Bitcoin's price, you do historical analysis, you understand TA, you understand on-chain, you're going to have a better understanding of where the bottom is. But why does it matter where the bottom is in the first place? Because the bottom's the best time to buy, right? We, we want to know where the bottom is so that we know how to get the best buying opportunity. But the scary thing is, is that when the bottom is coming into play, as it did here in March of 2020, it's very easy to think, oh man, market just dropped 50% in about four hours, so Bitcoin's dead and I'm not going to buy into it because it's never going to recover. That's why you need to understand the fundamentals as well. You have to understand the on-chain as well. Technical analysis is great, but if you're looking from a purely technical analysis standpoint and you don't understand the value prop of Bitcoin and you see that market do this, you're not going to buy that. You're going to sell that and FUD out because you didn't understand why Bitcoin exists in the first place. So you need to understand how to approximate the bottom of the Bitcoin bear market. But you also need to understand why the bottom won't be the bottom forever and why, or excuse, excuse me, why it may be the bottom forever and why we're not going to stay down there forever and why we will eventually rally. Because as the replay goes in this case, Bitcoin would eventually continue to the upside. I'll just let that play while I talk. The bottom is the best time to buy because eventually you're going to see something like this take place as the fundamentals and the on-chain continue to grow on Bitcoin. So what's the point here? One of the key points that you need to take away from this is that you want to continue to look for the bottom using technical analysis. And you also want a dollar cost average. There's two things that I want to tell you are a good idea in this market. First and foremost, make sure that you are dollar cost averaging. I think dollar cost averaging is one of the best ways to enter this space. What is dollar cost averaging? It's also known as a recurring buy or a recurring purchase is what it would be called over on Coinbase and some exchanges. Dollar cost averaging is simply the practice of buying the same amount of an asset on the same day every single interval period for a very long time. So a good example would be, I buy $100, this is just an example. I, I don't personally do this right now. I've dollar cost averaging in the past. I'm comfortable with where my portfolio is at the moment. A good example of DCAing, dollar cost averaging, would be I buy $100 worth of Bitcoin every single Friday, and that's my DCA. Over the course of a year, you bought $5,200 worth of Bitcoin. Over the course of 10 years, you bought $52,000 worth of Bitcoin. Over the course of 10 years, Bitcoin's probably going to go up by at least 1,000%, if not 2,000%. You dollar cost average 100 bucks every Friday for the next 10 years, you'll probably have between half a million and a million dollars in 2022 US dollars by putting in, you know, 13 bucks a day. That That's the point. That's why dollar cost averaging is so powerful. So one of the big applications of finding the bottom of the bear market is number one, it should remind you to continue to dollar cost average. Number two, this is, by the way, advice that I've given. And, you know, for my friends, I do sometimes give them actually advice. I'm not giving you financial advice. This is I'm not a financial advisor and we're not entering into a financial advice agreement. But the advice I would give to some of my friends and the encouragement I'll give to some of them is Dollar cost average, yes, because it's an easier pill to swallow. It's easier to invest 100 bucks a week than it is to invest $10,000 today. But also, keep cash on the side. What you can do is you can actually dollar cost average not into Bitcoin, not into Ethereum, but into your cash account. You can say, hey, I want to take 100 bucks out of my paycheck every single week, put it in a cash account on Coinbase, and whenever I see a bottom, then boom, I'll buy a lump sum. So I propose, and I'd love to hear Tim's opinion on this in just a second, I propose dollar cost average through the bear market to accumulate on the lows, but then also dollar cost average into a cash account or just put a lump sum of money into a cash account so that when you do see a major bottom, let's say we wick down to $23,000, then you can put some of that cash in there. What people were doing in 2019 is people were dollar cost averaging, but they also had cash on the side. And when Bitcoin dropped down here to $3,800, people bought lump sums. How do I know that? Well, if you look on the hourly chart back here, if you look on the hourly chart back in 2020, uh, when the uh, pandemic drop happened, I'll actually go to the two-hour chart just so I can get back there a little faster. If you look at this drop, Bitcoin dropped down to, uh, let's see here, dropped down to $4,000, just shy of $4,000, just a little bit below it in the span of just a couple hours. And we were already at $5,300 less than two hours later. How did we rally that quickly? Well, because people had cash on the side and they bought the dip. You want to be that guy. You want to be the guy where you are uh, you have an alert set on Coinbase and it says, hey, Bitcoin just hit $23,000. Do you want to buy? Yep. Boom, five grand. Drop it in there. But you can only do that if you are positioned. So position yourself well by considering dollar cost averaging and having a cash account on the side so that when your technical analysis leads you to thinking a bottom is in, you have the ability to buy a lump sum. But I would encourage you personally, not financial advice, just my opinion, to do both. Tim, what's our takeaway from this and what strategies do you have other than that? 
Yeah, I, I think what you were just talking about right there is is very valuable. It, what's really hard, and I think a lot of people are going to struggle with, and I know this is the, the conversation I kind of have to have with myself in my brain is, well, but but Jeb, how do I how do I know when I'm keeping that cash on the side? How will I know when the bottom's actually there? Like, how will I know when to to do that? Because there is that kind of that feeling of like, hey, this is a really good bottom right here. Let me invest some here. I'll keep some of the side. You know, I'll, maybe I'll invest fifty percent of what I'm sitting here holding right now because I think the bottom's good. Like for example, if you're on the chart, you want me to? Oh, I thought you're raising your hand there, Smay. Go to my chart real quick. Maybe right here, you're like, hey, like this is a good bottom right here. Let me put in 50 because you know there's a chance we're going to come back. I'm gonna talk about why I think we're coming back here in a second. But you know, when do I know when to do that? I, I, that's a hard point. And here's what you need to understand: you're not gonna buy the exact bottom. It's not gonna happen. And I think the longer that you try to convince yourself that you could pinpoint the bottom or get within like 0.1% of the bottom, you're just not going to do it. I think that people need to go ahead and program their brain. It's like, I, I've started with my trading strategy. I actually, on my wall in my office, I have a list of rules. Tim, you will do X. Tim, you will not do Y. Tim, you will, and, and it's because, man, that temptation to get a little greedy, to try to pinpoint bottoms and pinpoint tops, it's there in every single one of us. It's the reason why Vegas exists because people love to gamble. There's something in our nature that we love to see how far we can take something. Crypto is the same thing with trading. You're constantly gambling the concept of, is this the bottom? Is this the top? Rather, you need to switch your portfolio and your mind thought to Man, I am going to do, a, I'm going to choose a strategy. I'm going to have my rationale for why that is my strategy. I'm going to take my profits, my modest profits, because those are a sure thing. Uh, and, and I'm going to not even attempt to try to pinpoint bottoms, but wait for confirmations for the thing to, I'll go the other way because you guys are watching, to come down and bounce back up, get my confirmation, then buy. Don't try to pinpoint this bottom right here. Try to pinpoint right here. And then when you get to the top, you don't buy the exact top, you wait for it to start coming down and then you sell to take your profits. That's the mindset that people need to walk away with because that's what's actually gonna make you money, not this holding out for something bigger and greater. But uh, th yeah, that's my thought right on, on, on how people should be treating the bear market. The, what I wanted to show though, Smay, I don't know if you're still on my chart, I know there, I, I started my chart and then I kinda went, you know, in person here. The reason why I do think that people should be waiting for 25 again is right here. You guys see this volume? I talked about this a little earlier. Look at all of this volume that we had right here. I wanna show you guys, I told you earlier, there is some comparisons to what we saw back in last summer. This is the chart right here. So I'm just gonna bounce back and forth between these two charts right here. Tell me you see that similarity. We have a potential symmetrical triangle, potential rising wedge. We have now a broadening wedge coming down out of it. Is that not look like almost the identical chart? And here's what we're looking at. Going back to last summer, massive volume at this bottom. We came back down, got close, kind of matched the candle body closes here on the hourly chart. Volume spiked again, but that wasn't enough. Then we came down over here. Volume still a little sp spiked a little bit more right there. Not quite time yet. Going and broadening out just a little more, getting a bigger picture, moving out to 12 hourly chart right here. Massive volume at this dip, and look at as we keep hitting those same exact levels, look at how the volume goes smaller and smaller and smaller until look at this right here. Look at this bottom. We actually are a little bit lower than what we were like, what is this? A couple hundred dollars lower than this initial wick that accrued this massive volume, yet look at the volume. We have an increase right here that was our confirmation on the way up, but look at how low the volume is right there. That means that there's no more buying, there's no more stuff happening there. We have actually wasted the supply, and that's a good thing. Wasted sounds like a bad word, We've used up the supply. The demand now is greater than that supply, and that's what will rock us forward. But as long as we have these high volumes, guys, you're just not going to see a lot of great, uh, you're not gonna see that being the final bottom. And I talked about this on the show. Let's see here. Oh, wrong chart. I wanna go to the, yep, thank you there, chart. I wanna show you guys back in history. I'll go to the weekly chart, show you back in history what I'm talking about with this volume thing. Load for me, chart, load. Where are you? What is happening? This is ridiculous. Give me one second. There Doriculous. we go. All right. Sometimes you just gotta get auto. I think I think it's I think everything. it's happening because the like button hadn't been hit enough. I think it's we need six hundred likes. And it then probably has something to do with that, you know. If you hit if we get six hundred likes, I bet it'll start working again. Look at uh look at what we have going on right here as we you know, we have some volume that tells us the tops of things as well. But watch watch what we have right here. Bottom of the bear market. <laughs> Now this is an indication right here, this back, the bottom of the bear market back in 2018. 
Look at that spike in volume. Now we move sideways. There wasn't, this wasn't the exact bottom. We move sideways and as the volume descends, that's when we actually found our bottom. Again, the original spot, if I zoomed in nice and clean, that spike in volume with that price, that was not the end of it. Now we go back here a little bit farther, bottom of the bear market, look at where the volume is versus where the bottom is. Again, massive volume right here. We had some rally, came back down, rally, and then we came back down. Look at the volume level compared to that dip. So this concept that I'm getting at is, the how do you know there's a bear market? There is no such thing as pinpoint perfectly predicting it. You gotta study the TA, you gotta study the charts, you gotta study the times, you gotta make sure you're up to date, and then you've gotta make your decision on where you are comfortable saying, this is where I put the rest of my DCA in. And it, volume is again one of those things I think I highly recommend people using. Also divergence, bullish and bearish divergences for bottoms and tops. Yeah. But uh, if you guys are asking where the, the bottom is, in my estimation, I don't think it's in yet. I think we're coming back down at least to 25, if not 22 or 20 and that is because again i don't think we're gonna see volume match what we're having happen right now but i think we're gonna get down to the same levels with lower volume and that to me is the confirmation the supply has been eaten up the demand is now coming back into the space we're ready to go absolutely guys so let's go ahead and move on here we're gonna jump into super chats here in just a second the big takeaway here guys you want to be diversifying your strategy under various market conditions because that is what is ultimately advantageous what does that mean consider dollar cost averaging consider having a lump sum of cash on the side that you dca into that cash account and consider staying, in my opinion, mostly in Bitcoin and Ethereum to survive the Bitcoin winter because the vast majority of cryptocurrencies are going to die or never go back to their former glory during the next bull market. Bitcoin and Ethereum almost certainly will, but the rest of the altcoins, that is questionable depending on the coin. We're going to go ahead and jump into Super Chats. Before we do, though, I want to bring you a word from one of our sponsors, Hedge. If you guys are not familiar with Hedge, you really should be. It's a really awesome project, really awesome company. They're a payroll conversion solution that allows users to automatically convert their pay, W2, 1099, commission, etc., from fiat to cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Litecoin via direct deposit. Again, it's a payroll converter, so that comes out of your paycheck. It eliminates the need for the traditional exchange experience and streamlines the process from pay to crypto wallet in one seamless application. Their non-intrusive design enables companies to keep their current process flow and HR service providers with no setup fees. That's awesome. As a company that has had to change their payroll providers and their HR providers before, it is a giant pain in the butt and there's a lot of paperwork involved so it's good that that doesn't have to occur they release custody of assets the same day as payment as well for the freedom to be sent to any wallet they believe in the decentralized aspect crypto brings and want to maintain those values by allowing individuals to use their assets as they please so if you are a business owner or are working for a company and you have influence over the person that is over hr payroll or the ceo if it's a small enough company talk to them about hedge because if you get hedge working with your company then you and all of the other employees depending on what your company is willing to do can get paid in cryptocurrency. So go to gethedge.io. You can find the link in the description box down below today because the best way to dollar cost average into a cryptocurrency is not to let the money come into your bank account first and then DCA it because then it shows up on your bank statement and you feel bad. The best thing to do is have it come straight out of your paycheck so you never saw the money in the first place so you're not tempted to do something else with it other than invest in cheap crypto. Gethedge.io. Get hedge down below. <laughs> that that rhymed. How about that? We got some super chats to answer, and I'm going to answer a chat from Siobhan Golay, but let's go ahead and jump into the supers first. Yeah. Tim, take it away. Aaron Resnick said, what do you guys think about Nano being successful in a few years? Fearless, fast, and very green. Nano, I think you meant fearless, but there's an L in there. Nano is a project that has a lot of hype around it. I just quite frankly don't think it's going to see the adoption that it needs to to do what it wants to do. I mm. don't have a lot of time to get into why today, but I'm not personally invested in Nano. By the way, Andy Lee said hedge works amazing, so there's a shout out from somebody who uses it. Make sure to check it out. I interviewed the CEO, or I talked to the CEO. Great guy. Anyway. Yeah. Michael C. said, can we see ADA at $30 by 2030? Absolutely. I made a video two months ago on that. I think that you'll see a $20 to $30 Cardano by the end of the decade. Yep. Car, this is a fun one. Care or Care Otter Mountain Twig? Hi, guys. Is it safe to hold USDT through a bear market? Ooh. I'd be wary of stable coins right now just yeah. because the stable coin ecosystem just got turned on its head. And number one, now we don't know how much we can trust centralized stable coins. Number two, we don't know how they're going to get regulated by Janet Yellen and the U.S. Treasury Department. So might be better to hold it in cash, even if it is just a cash account on Coinbase. Frankly, the cash feature on Coinbase, which is basically more or less, it's kind of like a stable coin, but in their accounts, that might be the best place to hold your cash because you're not actually putting it in the U.S. dollars, but you are holding it in something that is stable to the U.S. dollar. Mm -hmm. uh, last one I see here, Xavier Rivera said, how often do you use Lux Algo for trading? Well, 
at every time. Whenever I'm doing my technical analysis, every single time I look at Lux Algo. Every single time. It is literally one of the first indicators I look at mm -hmm. every single time. Because if I'm trying to figure out what trend Bitcoin is in, I'm going to look at it or I'm going to remember what trend we're in right now. So even if I don't look at it, I'm having in my mind, okay, we're in a downtrend. How do I know? Well, all of my technical analysis, but the main part of it is Lux Algo has told me, hey, we're in a downtrend. And I verify that with other TA. I don't just take that at its word, but it's very often right. You can almost take Lux Algo at its word. You shouldn't. That's not wise, but you almost could. And uh, if you did, you would actually end up pretty well. You want to use wisdom and use your own intuition as well. But it's very powerful. Also have another super chat. Eagles Ave, Eagles Ave uh, said, how do you feel about Harmony and VeChain in the next bull run? VeChain is a good project. It does have some concerns about being based out of China. A lot of people not a fan of that, especially since March of 2020. Uh, Harmony won not as familiar with the project. I think they're both good projects. I don't know how well their price will do. That's the only thing. So I don't know if they're good to invest in necessarily, but I do think the projects are going to do pretty well. Then we have one more chat that I said I would answer from Shivong. Let me go ahead and find it here. What price could we expect for BTC and ETH of peak of the next bull run within four to five years, Jeb? I think you're going to see at the end of the next bull market probably a quarter million dollar Bitcoin and probably a fifteen to twenty thousand dollar Ethereum in the next four to five years. I think you'll see a million dollar Bitcoin by the end of the decade and a I don't have as I, I can't pull a number out of my out of a hat for Ethereum like I can with Bitcoin because I've thought a lot about Bitcoin. At the end of the decade, though, I'm thinking probably thirty thousand dollars on Ethereum if it maintains its status as the number one level one uh, layer one. If it doesn't and Cardano takes it over, we're talking a hundred dollar Cardano. So whichever one of those end up winning, because I do think it'll be one of them that leads the space. Uh, you're looking at in my opinion, at least a thousand percent return, if not two thousand percent. Yeah, and the thing to remember with that is, we also have no idea exactly what the U.S. dollar will look like at the decade. You know, the end of the decade. By the way, I'm talking about twenty twenty two dollars. I'm know, not talking about twenty thirty dollars. Yeah, they're, they're 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 working right now. We're covering this, and, we're, and you know, the Fed's going to be having more announcement here in the next couple of weeks. We're going to be covering them. We're going to talk about what this means. But you know, some people they're, they're actively, very aggressively trying to solve and deflate the dollar. But there's a lot of people even expecting, hey, you know what? We might just need to go and set in and realize the dollar inflating by 8% every year, that's just going to become a normal thing. Well, if it's inflating Disgusting. by 8% every single year, what these numbers that Jeb are saying are going to be even small higher because yeah, higher. they're going to be small compared to what the actuality is because the dollar is just so because invaluable. of the inflation of the dollar, you could see a $2 million of yeah. Bitcoin, a $100,000 Ethereum and a $250 Cardano by the end of the decade because of that. Guys, hashtag Finsolve. That's the message of every single show in a nutshell. Queen said it per perfectly in chat. Financial sovereignty. What does that mean? Having control over your finances and your financial systems, not having them have control over you. That's what we believe in. We want you to have financial sovereignty. So tune in 10 a.m. Eastern every single weekday to Coffee and Crypto to get the latest on Bitcoin technical analysis, fundamental analysis, on-chain analysis, where we bring you high-quality informational and educational content that you want and need to know with a uh, twist of humor personality and hopefully a little bit of charm and charisma make sure you hit that subscribe button subscribe to the channel hit that like button let's get to 750 likes here in the next couple of minutes follow us on all of our social media at crypto jib over on instagram and twitter at crypto jib official on tiktok member stream will be starting within the next 10 minutes so make sure to check out the community tab for all of our green names that's all i got for you today before i go i do just first want to thank each and every single last one of you for watching as always and i will see you guys in the next video Peace. Oh, I got a real good feeling. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast. Tune in every day at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch live on YouTube. Follow us on our social media accounts at CryptoJeb. And lastly, we want to thank you for supporting us here at MacV Media.